Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder-led ministry of Believers Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. My name is Duffy Henderson, and I'll be your host. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and benefit of God's people. And here we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. So if you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Thanks for listening in today, and may the Lord bless it greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and your benefit. We hope that you'll enjoy today's episode. Well, once again, I'm joined for this uh, interview episode. As you know, we are doing a little bit differently this month of July. I'm joined by one of our pastors here, Jason Rowland. He is co-hosting today with me, and we've got a great conversation queued up for us. Um, Hopefully, this will be very encouraging and thought-provoking for you all today. We are also joined by Tom Buck, um, a friend of Jason and mine. Um, He's out here in Lindale, Texas, and I'll introduce him in just a moment, but we are talking about the importance of expositional preaching in the life of the church, and so that's what our conversation will center around today, and uh, Jason and I thought of no one better than to uh, try to ask Tom if he would come on and speak with us for just a little bit today. So let me introduce him if you don't already know who this is. Tom Buck is senior pastor of FBC Lindale, Texas, and he's been there since 2006. And he's got, I believe, a, um, a doctorate from the Southern Baptist Seminary in expositional preaching. And he is also currently um, the director of G3 Expository Workshops. And actually, my, uh, one of my first introductions to Tom was at a workshop. It wasn't a G3 workshop. It was at his church, and it was a Simeon Trust workshop. And it was just an incredible experience. Pastors and worship leaders and lay elders, uh, deacons, um, all of these men were at this place to sharpen and hone their skills in expository preaching, learning how to rightly divide the Word of God. And I've now attended three, and I plan to attend some more. And so that, that kind of introduced me to Tom. So, Tom, we are so thankful that you've uh, decided to spend a little time of your day to talk with us. Um, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing great. Good to be with you guys. Love this topic. So always thankful to have an opportunity to talk about expository preaching. So appreciate it. Amen. Well, before we get the episode kicked off, Tom, would you just give us just a little bit about yourself? Um, Maybe someone will be listening who's never heard of you, maybe heard you, but don't really know much about you. Would you just take a minute or two to introduce yourself to us? As you said, I'm the senior pastor here at First Baptist Church Lindell, and I've uh, been a senior pastor. preaching uh, week in and week out for uh, over 25 years. And so I was in Florida before I came here. I have been um, excited about helping train men uh, in, to preach through the Word of God in expository fashion. Uh, I believe expositional preaching is the only means of preaching God's Word in, in, a, in a way that God has called us to handle His Word rightly. It's the way to do it. It's not just a means of preaching. It is the way to handle God's word. And so that's a passion for mine. I love the local church. I love pastors. I love preaching God's word. And so it's just a thrill to me to be able to have the privilege to do that. Uh, so I'm, I'm my wife, Jennifer, and I have been married for 35 years this month. And uh, we have three kids, a um, 22-year-old, a 18-year-old, and a 16-year-old. So anyway. Awesome. Well, uh, again, we're so thankful to have you on. 
So I'd love to dive into our topic today, um, just to kind of get the conversation going. Now, this is fairly new for you, um, but you are, you are now involved with G3 Ministries, which Jason and I specifically, we are huge fans of. And um, would you just talk just a little bit about your involvement with G3? Talk a little bit about G3 um, just as a whole, but specifically, we want to talk about your role as um, director of the expository workshops. Yeah, so G3 began not as G3 Ministries, but G3 Conference. And so that's uh, more than a decade ago now. Uh, Josh, Dr. Josh Weiss began a, wanted to begin a theological conference uh, for people to go to, to hear the Word of God preached that was focused on sound theology, and so he began G3. And uh, that, uh, over time, uh, started very small in his church, uh, held on the campus of his church, and it grew to the point where there were thousands coming to G3. And about a year and a half ago, uh, made the decision to be, be move away from just being a conference to every other year having their conference, but becoming a ministry to equip the local church, to educate, to train, equip, um, encourage. Those are the things that G3 is existing for in G3 Ministries. And one of those areas is uh, helping train pastors in doing expository preaching. And so Dr. Bice asked me to, if I would consider coming and helping uh, launch workshops for uh, the G3 Ministries and hold those uh, throughout the United States um, for um, uh, at least probably try to have four years, what our goal is to have. We eventually hope to have workshops for women as well. So there's a lot of things that we're hoping for the future, but right now that's where we are. Um, and I'm excited about doing that for G3. Very, very neat. Um, yeah. And I can attest, I know that Jason can as well. These workshops are excellent. So anyone who preaches on a regular basis or, you know, every once in a while or fills in or anything like that. These are excellent workshops, opportunities to sharpen and hone your skills. So the second thing we want to kind of, as we hone in, um, before we jump there though, we'd like to just talk about the G3 network of churches. I know this is kind of a new thing. Um, and we are, uh, I know Jason and I, we've talked about it with our elders here to potentially uh, be joining that in the future. Would you just give us just a little bit about this neat opportunity for churches? Yeah, the G3 network is just that. It's a network of churches. Uh, it's not a denomination. Uh, it is churches that are partnering together to for pastors, particularly can get together uh, once a month in a phone call to talk about a variety of issues uh, in the church itself. We hope to eventually have some retreats that we do for pastors to be able to go to. And then just a, a group of like-minded churches that want to think through how to partner together together. Uh, we, you know, I, we're hoping that out of this, there will come church plants that will occur. We're not not G3 network planting churches, but churches in the G3 network uh, being passionate about planting. And it may lead to some partnerships in that. Um, so, you know, we began last year with this. Uh, it <clears throat> We asked for everyone that's a part of that to uh, be in alignment with or an agreement uh, with the 1689 confession. Um, and then in addition to that, each church is asked to, to make a contribution of um, $500 a year. We're hope, you know, we hope that some churches will give more than that, but that allows even small churches to be a part of that. And for that, we're hoping to provide resources as well. We're already creating resources, free resources as well as books that will be published through G3 Ministries. So it's, it's a big venture ahead of us. Yeah, that sounds great. 
Um, we just had Dr. Scott Annual on um, for our this week's episode. We recorded it a while back, and we talked with him a little bit about that as well. But um, exciting things are happening at G3 Ministries and with the conferences. Um, just really, really pleased about the um, the emphasis on the Word of God there. So I'm going to pass the buck a little bit to Jason and let him run the rest of the the interview here, talking about expository and expositional preaching. Now, between you two guys, y'all have at least 50 years of preaching in a pulpit on a regular basis. So I really want to I want to hear you guys kind of talk through uh, maybe the the changes that y'all have seen in, in your preaching ministry. Uh, going from maybe a not so expositorily, you know, preaching ministry to the expository preaching, how you've seen that change. So, Jason, would you take it away and um, talk to him about expository preaching? Sure. And once again, Tom, I echo what Duffy has said. Thank you so much for uh, being a part of the podcast episode this afternoon. And um, you have been an encouragement and a help and a friend to me. I appreciate your ministry so much. Appreciate First Baptist Lindale. Uh, you and I've been associated together for yeah. at least seven, eight years because I, I did seven Simeon Trust workshops with you at First Baptist Lindale uh, until we um, decided to, or you decided rather to to do uh, be involved in the G three workshops. So they those those were beneficial. Those were helpful to me, and uh, I appreciate the fact that you took the time back then to host those and to encourage men, to help men become expository preachers. You and I both have our uh, expository preaching degree from Southern Seminary. And I don't know if you know this, Tom, or not, but I actually um, was in Dr. Bice's uh, cohort when we were working on our doctorate. Yeah, we, awesome. yeah we, were, we were in the same cohort together. That's where I met Josh and uh, I've been able to have a relationship with him through the years. Of course, um, we're, as Duffy said, we are looking forward to um, becoming a G3 partner church. We, uh, we wanted to get through the 1689. We're actually teaching all of our congregation the 1689 during the Sunday school hour. And once we get to that point, then, um, in fact, I'm hoping that we can, uh, by this fall, be a, a partner church with G3. But all that to say... Um, Tom, what is expository preaching? How would you define it? How, do we, how would you explain it? Well, I think the most simple definition uh, is that when you preach a biblical text, the point, the original point of the text, the main point of the text is the main point of your sermon. And so you're not um, uh, giving a point that is a sub point, you know, is the main point. You're not trying to force your own ideas upon the text in order to make it say what you want it to say, but you're trying to understand what was the author saying to the original audience? What would, what would they have understood the meaning of that text to be? And then I'm to communicate that and preach that. That's the most simple uh, definition. Uh, a little more expanded on that is that you need to discover the point of the text. So that's the place you have to begin by coming to understand what is the original point of the text. And then you have to then make that point, the point of your sermon. Then you want to communicate that in a way that your people understand what the point of the text is and preach that. Uh, and then you want to make application that's, that's rooted 
uh, in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. So all of those things need to take place for it to be truly an expository sermon. Right. Uh, Tom, are you always an expository preacher or did you uh, learn it from um, modeling after others or how did you come to, to preach expositorily? No, I was I was not always an expository preacher. In fact, I thought wrongly about it. I thought, you know, and I think this is one of the things that people do think wrongly when they hear expository preaching. I thought expository preaching was essentially preaching through books of the Bible. Right. I do think that's the best way to to do and practice expository preaching. But that in and of itself doesn't make it expository. I mean, there's many guys that preach through books, but don't preach the point of the text. Right. Um, so it takes a little more work than that. But no, early on in my ministry, for the first few years, I got really caught up into uh, preaching more topically and wasn't even preaching through books at all. Um, and so I would do a series on marriage and then a series on uh, finances or a series on this or that. Uh, I don't think I ever said anything that was necessarily theologically unsound uh, or even untrue, but I was not preaching the text uh, as it was originally meant to be preached. And so I came to a point that I was convicted of that I needed to handle the word of God rightly and that it wasn't about me getting up uh, using God's word to support the things I wanted to say but that I needed to get into the pulpit and preach the word of God as what God has said. It's, it's a dangerous thing to say, to stand and essentially say, thus says the Lord. And then everything that proceeds out of your mouth for the next 30, 45 minutes to be your thoughts and ideas rather than what God's thoughts and ideas are. Right. So I uh, eventually came to understand I've got to be preaching through the word of God. And I made that commitment and made that change. And then I had to begin to learn how to do that better. And so I started attending workshops uh, rather than helping lead them in any way and began to learn how to handle God's word better and get the exegetical side down so that I could come to understand what the point of the text was. Right. That sounds so familiar because I was the same way. As Duffy said earlier, there's, there's quite a number of years but between you and I in preaching. I've been in vocational ministry for about 37 years. And so uh, I began to preach uh, whatever the, the, the uh, current uh, event was in the society or um, when I was preaching, it was just um, nobody really sat me down and talked to me. I, I didn't even know what expository preaching was. And the greatest influence on me, and uh, I have a feeling that you might say the same thing, uh, was John MacArthur, Dr. John MacArthur. And I began to read his commentaries. And as I would read his commentaries, um, I didn't realize that what I was learning was expository preaching. Right. And, and that made a huge difference in the way then that I began to preach. So that um, 23, 24, 25 years ago, um, expository preaching then became uh, the thing that uh, I, I focused on in my preaching. Um, one of the things that I think um, was when I went to seminary for, to Southern to, to work on my doctorate, there were two things that I thought about, Tom. One was I, I do a lot of counseling, and I'm sure you do the same, do, do a lot of local counseling with not only church congregation, but uh, church members, but then outside of our church in our local town, um, a lot of people come to me. And so I thought that I would get a doctorate in counseling. Uh, and as I prayed and thought about it and uh, 
uh, I began to realize that preaching really is the means that God has ordained to form the congregation, to form the people. And so I began to change my thought process, and I decided to do an expository preaching degree because I, I thought about this. I thought that counseling, and as important as it is, and this is not to minimize it. In fact, we're hoping to start a, a free biblical counseling uh, ministry in our congregation uh, later this year, but, but it's reactionary. While preaching um, is um, out in front of the problem, it, it is um, when you preach, you are taking care of problems that perhaps people are struggling with uh, so that they don't have to come to your office and have you um, counsel with them. So all that to say this, Tom, uh, how important, what, what, what is the priority of expository preaching? Why is it so important in the life of the local church? Well, I think one of the most practical reasons is if you are truly doing expository preaching, and, and you're doing it well in the pulpit, uh, it, it's going to help people know how to handle their Bible better. Uh, they're going to be able to see how to study their Bible. In fact, I think the best expository preaching helps someone be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're going to be in the word more. Um, that, that's what my hope is right. in the preaching of that. And as they're in the word of more, God more, and they're hearing God speak to them through the word. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so many people, a lot of people, the reason they aren't in the word any more than they are is because they really don't have a good handle to understand what it means. They're reading there. So what's the point of the text? And I think that when we preach, well, we we're modeling how to study the study the Bible. Uh, And so they're growing in the knowledge of the Lord. Uh, They're also learning to not not treat the Bible like a theological encyclopedia. Uh, where they go and they look for, oh, I'm struggling with this. Let me go see if I can find a verse on that. I'm struggling with that. Let me go find a verse on on that as well. And they begin to see that the word of God, um, uh, its purpose of God communicating to us is broader than us just finding topics that we want to go look and see. And we begin to grow in our knowledge uh, of what it means to be a full, what I would say, a full orb disciple, fully developed disciple of Christ. Um, so I, I found it to be just a wonderful means by which to disciple people week in and week out from the pulpit. I think those who say you can't disciple from the pulpit or you don't disciple from the pulpit, they're, they're just totally not understanding the, the power of preaching God's word and the power of God's word in the pulpit. Right. And, and, and you and I both know, and, and Duffy, you, I know you would agree with this same thought. Um, the power of the pastor or the preacher is not in his personality and his charisma, um, theatrics, uh, oratory, it, it, the power is in the word so that if we are faithfully preaching that as it uh, um, is uh, given to us under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, then that word does the work that we don't have to um, be um, anxious about. Uh, we can learn and, and have a personality and we can certainly be able to um uh, deliver with our own strengths and we'll have weaknesses, but, but God's word does the work. And, and not to say that topical preaching doesn't do the same. It, it just seems that the expository preaching actually um, can see the thought and the flow of the original writer 
uh, as week to week you're in that same book working verse by verse through the text. Yeah, I would only clarify that even, even if you're preaching a topic, it yes. still should be expository. In other words, that needs to be the original point of the text rather than you, you forcing that on the text. Um, but I agree with you that uh, going through books of the Bible is the best way to do biblical exposition. And it helps people see, as you said, the flow of thought of the author. And it begins to say, oh, I see exactly why that's the point of the text, because that's how he's using this story if you're in a narrative, or that's how the flow of Paul's argument is going. That's where he's taking us. Um, it also gives people greater confidence in the Word of God and even in your preaching, because now they see this is not just the pastor's ideas that he came up with in his uh, study that... Uh, but it, I think it makes the preaching more compelling and it makes it more authoritative uh, because now it's just not what my opinion is or thoughts that I dreamed up that you're actually hearing the voice of God speak. And therefore you have a responsibility to submit yourself to it. Right. Absolutely. Can and I, I jump in real quickly? Um, I think, I think for me, what I've, what I've seen personally as a, uh, as a participant in a church that has expository preaching um, it is, Expository preaching makes the case for the ultimate sufficiency of the word, that you don't need gimmicks, you don't need anything else, you need the word preached from the pulpit, and it makes the, the case that it is sufficient to address everything. The, the text makes application, right? Just wanted to, an observation there. Oh, I, I agree with you. Uh, maybe if Paul had written a verse on that, well, maybe he did. Uh, all scripture, right, is breathed out by God. And it's, and it's profitable. Uh, and, it, you know, the categories he gives there, reprove, rebuke, so forth and so on. But then he says, so that the man of God may be equip, equipped in every good work. And I think you're exactly right, Dustin. Uh, that's why we need to be preaching the whole counsel of God, uh, because it, it that we believe that. We believe the word of God is sufficient to equip you for everything that you face. And the problem is when you go, when you're just preaching from jumping from one topic to another, there are things that will never be, a, no pastor probably is going to ever choose to preach on certain things that are in the Bible if they're just choosing topics. Um, you know, to use one extreme, uh, I doubt that anyone is going to uh, preach a sermon series on incest, right? But if you're preaching through the Old Testament, you're going to cover that. And, you know, if all you're doing with is felt needs, you're never going to address certain issues that the Bible clearly directly addresses. Um, that's why you don't have a lot of churches ever deal with uh, a full a full orbed understanding of issues like same sex attraction or homosexuality, because, you know, it's just not a it's not a topic you choose. But if you're preaching through Leviticus, if you're preaching through First Corinthians, uh, you're going to be forced to face topics that you would not normally say. Uh, I'm going to preach on this particular issue. Exactly. I recently had someone, um, in fact, it was just this past week, begin to, to ask my thoughts on help and that this uh, church is looking for a pastor. They want to call a new pastor. And so uh, this is not anybody that, that, that you two would know. But anyway, long story short, they were asking me my thoughts and my opinion. And and the thing that I emphasized is expository preaching. I think that that does more to um, 
cause the spiritual growth in a congregation uh, than anything else that we could do. Yeah, I agree. And I hear one of the things I hear so often from uh, folks that come to our church. And I mean, this is regularly for the 25 years I've been preaching in a manner of biblical exposition is that uh, people say I've grown more under your preaching. And of course, they're credited to my preaching, but it's really not that it's just preaching the Bible. Right. Then I have in the last, you know, in my 15 years of being a Christian prior to coming here, I've learned more in the last two years. I've grown more. Well, that's not because I'm a better communicator. I guarantee you that Andy Stanley is a far better communicator than I am. Mm -hmm. And there are many people that are far better communicators and preachers, so to speak, if you're talking about the personality delivery, as you said a moment ago. But if we believe the powers in the word of God, you know, imagine what kind of a preacher that Andy Stanley could be if he would preach uh, in biblical, in, a, in an expository way, yes. uh, you know, you you would have the beauty and the wonder of his, uh, the, you know, of his delivery that is so done, well done, and he's such a good communicator, along with the power of God's word. It'd be a wonderful thing. But yet, uh, so many people are attracted to the style of the preacher more than they are the content of the word. Right. But I can give that same testimony, um, and God is so gracious um, because people will say, "I've." I've grown more here than I've grown in any other congregation I've been a part of. And it's not because I'm some great preacher, as you said, I, I, I'm probably the least of any, but the point is the, the power of faithfully preaching the word week in, week out in, a, in an expository way um, makes the difference in a person's life. One of the things, Tom, that um, I, I was thinking earlier before this episode I went back and just counted the, the preaching books on my shelf, and uh, I have over 100, and I'm sure that you could uh, <laughs> speak uh, to that as well. But one of the books that uh, probably has been as helpful as any is a little book by David Ham, mm -hmm. Ex Expositional Preaching. Yep, I agree. Uh, that's in the Nine Mark series. Yep. And, uh, um in fact, uh, David Helm is really involved in the Simeon Trust workshops, right? as you know, but um, this little book, I would recommend it to, to anybody who wants to learn to preach like, expositional preaching. But I thought about asking you, Tom, about other resources that might have been helpful for you. Yeah, the thing is, that would have been the first one I listed, so you've already taken that one from me. Right. <laughs> uh, so I think that's just a tremendous book, especially entry-level understanding it and just really week in and week out preaching to think through how to best do that. It's even good for church members to understand, get a good grip on understanding expository preaching. So if I look over at my shelf, you know, at some of the books that I, you know, would point out, uh, probably Stott's book um, is yes. a great book to read um, on, on preach. I can't remember the title of that one though. It just flowed on my, oh, Between Two Worlds. Between yes. Two Worlds, John Stott's book is, is excellent. Uh, another book that is, um, um, it is excellent to read, obviously, is Martin Lloyd-Jones' book, Preach, Preaching the Preacher. I mean, they're classics, but I think they're important books to understand the the, the importance of, of um, uh, expository preaching. And then any book you can get by Steve Lawson uh, on yes. expository preaching is a must-have a must have, uh, because he is a, a great expositor and really helps people understand that as well. Right. Who, who would you say, Tom, would be just a few of the, the great expositional preachers of our day right now. 
Oh, right now. Well, obviously Steve Lawson, Alistair Begg, I think is a great, HB Charles is a, a great expositor. Uh, you mentioned David Helm. David Helm is a great preacher, great expositor as well that people can learn under and listen to. And of course, I mean, you know, I've already mentioned John MacArthur, you know, he's, he is just a tremendous ex, uh, uh, expositor of God's word. Uh, I, you know, I say this cause I mean it. I think Dr. Josh Weiss is a great uh, expositor that you could go and listen to and learn from and grow under. So there's, there's a lot of men who handle the word, so, word of God so well, and we need to be learning from growing up. But let me say, um, uh, Mike Riccardi is a great preacher. I don't know. A lot of guys may not know Mike Riccardi, but Mike is helping us in our workshops. He'll be here in Lindale. Uh, we haven't announced that publicly yet, but in February, he will be here. We're going to be doing first Corinthians, uh, second Corinthians, I should say with, uh, um, with, with Scott, with, um, well, who did I just say? I started and you're Mike Riccardi with hey, Mike Jason, by the way, I'll be there. So I'm going to go ahead and take that off the calendar. Uh, Tom, yes, let me know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I'll be there too. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. We also, uh, Tom, have been talking, Duffy and I have been talking, and we're going to actually um, see if we, we if any of our other elders would want to attend uh, in September 8th and 9th, I believe. In Oklahoma. So we're going to be in Piedmont, Oklahoma. We're going to do Jonah and Nahum, and I'm excited yeah. about that because we're going to do some Old Testament books. And uh, so anyway, that'll be up at First Baptist Church in Piedmont, where Ryan Tabor is the senior pastor. And we're going to be joined by Phil Johnson. Phil Johnson is as pre is one of the, one of the best uh, series I've ever heard preached through the book of Jonah. It's by Phil Johnson. So I'm excited to to be a part of that. Our head football coach was uh, in my office yesterday. Uh, I'm the announcer. I'm the voice for the Range Wildcats and have been for a number of years. And uh, that's the first thing I ask him uh, after uh, some other conversation, but um, what's happening on September the 8th and the 9th? Is that, is that home games? <laughs> and he said, yes, it's home games and it's homecoming. And uh, Oh, my. I know. I'm just going to have to, I'm going to have to make arrangements to be in Oklahoma rather than be in the press hey, box. Jason, I'll leave you in the dust. I'm going to head out to Oklahoma. All right? I know, man. I know. I would too. I would too. Hey, I want to change gear just for a minute um, in our discussion. And I want to talk to the listeners. Um, expository listening. Uh, I don't know if you're either one of you are familiar with this book. It's called Expository Listening by Ken Ramey. I'll just hold it up here. And a great little book that we gave away to our congregation several years ago now. And um, let's talk about that. Tom, what, what are some ways that uh, people in the congregation uh, can be better listeners? Well, I think one of the ways to be a better listener is to prepare yourself by reading through the text that's going to be preached. Uh, be, familiarize yourself with the text. Uh, we we try every week to print in the bulletin what will be the text will be preached the next week, so the people can read through that, prepare through that. I think a lot of people they just come into church totally cold turkey. Uh, the first time that they inter interact with the text at all is when the pastor reads it before he preaches. Uh, I think that is not a very good way to be a good listener, right? Because you have you know, you've not had any um, thought in the text at all. So I think being in the word of God, I think regularly reading through the Bible and looking for, you know, as you've heard, hear your pastor preach and you're kind of learning the principles of, 
just from listening to him preach, you see that he's um, uh, kind of showing you, look at, look at how, how Paul's argument is flowing here. Uh, look at how this narrative is uh, the flow of the story is here's the, you know, you're not saying here's the point, but you're kind of, you're making it clear that you're giving the main point of the text. So to learn how to study it yourself and try to figure out what you think is going on in that passage uh, as you're reading it before you hear it preached that Sunday, uh, read before and after try to think about how, what, you know, what are your thoughts of how the author has, what he's trying to do here, what he's trying to say in this particular passage. Um, so I do think you, I think another way to prepare yourself is to listen to other good expositors during the week. Yes. So start listening and uh, training yourself to listen to people preach the word of God in a manner that is uh, expositional. Another little good book I would recommend to you, it's called Listen Up. I don't know if you've heard that or not. No. It's a rather inexpensive book. It's called a, uh, it's bringing it up here. It's called Listen Up, A Practical Guide to Listening to Sermons. Uh, it's really good. I re highly recommend it. Um, it's just like $3 or something like that. Uh, with inflation, it might be up to six bucks when we're through with this uh, podcast, but so get it now while you can. Right. But anyway, um, that's um, a great book I'd recommend as well, as well as and Ken Ramey's book is good too. Right, right. You know, there are things I think that our listeners can do before. And I think there's those suggestions that you gave fit right into that. Um, family devotionals can be a part of that. One of the things that I think we, we tend to forget in our busy lives, in our rat race culture, um, we forget that, that Sunday morning worship is a Saturday decision. So that Saturday, you need to be preparing and thinking ahead. What do I'm what what am I going to be doing tomorrow morning in terms of how to prepare my heart, uh, praying, asking um, God's help to listen, uh, even reading, for example, Psalm 51, a, a psalm of repentance and confession, yeah. thinking about those things. I think those are things that that any um, Christian who wants to to be formed by God's word could think ahead of time that they could do um, in terms of um, being at, at the worship on Sunday morning. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Listen, I'm not a, I'm not a Sabbatarian, but if you look at how the Jews, they had to do a lot of preparation for the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like the Sabbath came around, boom, here we're here. They had to do preparation the day before to be able to observe the Sabbath rightly. Right. Um, and I think that that principle I think can carry over for us as well that we, when we're going to have our day of worship for the Lord, we ought to not just wait, you know, say it's going to happen. It's not going to just occur, but we're actually doing preparation so that we can fully uh, make the most, if you will, of that day that we gather as God's people to worship together. Right. I mean, there are actually some practical things that you can do. Uh, you can lay your clothes out, know what you're going to be wearing, have your shoes polished, um, have the, the check written, your tithe check written, uh, go to sleep in a reasonable, uh, at a reasonable hour. Uh, those are just practical things. But, but what about during the preaching, Tom? How can we be better listeners in, in that? Do you have any suggestions there? Well, I mean, I, 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 I sympathize mm -hmm. with uh, every time that I, I sit and listen to someone else preach. 
Right. I sympathize with my listeners. Yes, absolutely. Because I've, you know, I find my mind wanders. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm like everybody else. Um, I, you know, I might be thinking about something that's going to happen later that day or something else that's going to come up in the week will come into my mind. So it does require disciplining your mind and keeping yourself focused and reorienting yourself. Um, you know, because you, I, I've listened to people preach and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we're a minute, a minute or two has gone by and I'm not sure what happened. Right. <laughs> so, so it's, it's, just, it's not just a, you know, this is not some righteous thing you gain some way of holy living. All of a sudden you can listen perfectly to sermons. Right. So you need a good night's sleep. Uh, you need to be, as you're sitting and listening, you need to be able to keep yourself focused. I think having your Bible open is a big issue with that. I'll, you know, I try to encourage our people to bring their Bibles. I think it's harder to listen when you just sit there and you're looking and you don't have the word of God because it keeps you alert to one degree or another, look down at the passage. Of course, I encourage pastors when they preach to point people back to the text. I think one of the worst things we do in preaching is when we open the text, read the text, explain the text without ever bringing people back to the text. So I think we can help our people listen better if we'll point them back to the text and if they'll have the text in front of them to listen. You know, I'm interested in what your thoughts are on that. Well, I I agree with everything that you said. And and just a little um, um, story this past weekend, I was not in our pulpit here. I had gone to visit family uh, in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And we went together as a family to a, to a larger church. I have two different brothers and uh, two brothers and, and this one brother attends this, this church. Um, and as we were going in and there were, you know, hundreds of people that were going in, but the thing that I did notice that was a little jarring was uh, there were few Bibles being carried in. Mm. Few. I, I, I bet I didn't see, uh, one in a hundred that were being actually carried in and then certainly used in the, the actual preaching. And uh, that's a little disheartening, but I, I think that that is key. I think uh, we need to encourage our people to bring their Bibles and think having your Bible so that you can actually write in your Bible or at least have a, a way to take notes would keep right. our attention. Um, I think um, um it does take, as you said, discipline and control. Um, and I think that, that you can breathe little um, minor prayers. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just Lord, help me. Um, and uh, Lord, help him. The one that's preaching, <laughs> in, I need all I can get to do that. I, I crowd. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm awake, Lord, help me stay awake uh, yeah. in the process of it. But yeah, I agree. In fact, I was thinking that as you were going along, because it's the work of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working in the preaching of His Word. And so I don't think there's a prayer the Holy Spirit would be any more readily uh, prepared to answer than, Holy Spirit, help me, help me to focus and to hear what you have to say to me this morning in your Word. Um, That's a prayer I think you'll get answered. You may need to yeah. keep praying it, but I think it's a perfect answer. <laughs> yeah, I'll jump in and just affirm that as someone who sits regularly and listens um, with my wife, most of the time, one or two of our older kids are with us. And I find that there's a direct connection between if I have my Bible open and on my lap, on my leg, on my knee, whatever, and I've got a pencil or a pen, there's a direct connection between my retaining what I've heard 
and being able to recall what I've heard with that versus maybe I've, you know, my Bible is, I left it in the car or, you know, I don't have it right. There's a, there's a definite direct uh, connection between my, my memory when I'm looking at the text as it's being preached, making a note. So that would be my encouragement to a listener as well is bring your Bible to church and open it, use it, you know, get familiar with where those books of the Bible are. You know, so many Christians, I think, you know, they have their Bible, but they don't know their Bible. They don't know how to, you know, navigate it when, you know, in an expository sermon, at least a lot of times, there are a lot of cross references being mentioned. You're, you know, you're, you're taking Paul and then you're in Deuteronomy or the Psalms and then you're in Revelation and Man, you got to be quick sometimes. And I think it's helpful if um, if you have your Bible and just, you know, work on um, flipping pages. I mean, uh, some folks are just really uncomfortable doing that. So um, I know that we've we probably uh, about out of time um, now. But um, Tom, what what are you preaching right now at, at First Baptist Lindale? Well, we began the year in the book of Ephesians. And uh, we got all the way through the doctrinal section, end of chapter three. Uh, we did, that was around the first Sunday of June. And so I made the decision we'd preach, we'd leave Ephesians during the summer. We're preaching through Psalms. And then we're going to come back to chapter four. I'll do a recap of the doctrine of chapters one through three. And then we'll kick off in Ephesians four and go all the way through the end of the year with Ephesians four. Nice. Um, I normally like to go ahead and keep preaching through the summer, but um, uh, where whatever book I've been in, I've, it's rare for me to stop and and take you know a break that of that length. But it was just a good place to do so. And Ephesians is such an important book for the application of the doctrine, chapters one through three of what you see in four through six of the application that I wanted to do that. So you know, I think that that's a, a reminder too that. If you're preaching through a book of the Bible, you, you don't have to necessarily uh, not take any breaks. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that per se. Right. I normally, you know, Mother's Day, I'm continuing to preach through whatever book I'm in. Father's Day, the same thing. Um, but I don't think that's a hard and fast rule. And so if what if our goal is for them to truly understand the, the biblical text, um, then I think sometimes it makes sense to do that. When I was preaching through Exodus, it divides into three sections. So I preached the first third, and then I took a little bit of a break, then preached the second third break, and then the, the next one. Because a lot of times it's hard for people to just stay in the same book for yeah, some right. reason. I don't know why that is, but some people find it hard if you're in there for a long, long time. That's just my feeling. I know other guys, you know, preach 75 sermons on Galatians or something, but uh, right. uh, for six years. Although it took me three and a half, it, it took me almost four years to get through Luke. Um, wow. But I did take some breaks. Um, and I think every once in a while that could be a good thing to do. Um, anyway. Right, right. We're doing Romans right now. So we're in Romans chapter five, and we've been in Romans since January. And uh, we've taken some breaks. I took a Mother's Day break, and I took a Father's Day break, actually, um, to uh, emphasize um, some other things. But uh, I think it's healthy to to um, take some breaks because I, I agree with you. Um, the lengthy books, I, I think people, I don't know why, but people get weary and to have a break just kind of resets and then you can come back to your regular series. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, 
And Psalms is a great place to take a break in for a couple of different reasons. One, it forces you to preach a different genre in an exhibitional way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I encourage guys that when they take breaks, rather than taking a topical, you know, series, uh, although I'm not opposed to that, but out per se, but to uh, maybe take a smaller book, uh, like maybe the book of Jude and preach, you know, two or three weeks on that uh, or something of that nature uh, in order to, um, uh, or Psalms, as I said, or maybe Proverbs or something of that nature. Right. Absolutely. Well, Tom, I I thank you so much for um, your commitment to expository preaching. I've learned much from you. I've I've heard you preach expository preaching uh, sermons many times because I've not only have I heard you in the Simeon Trust workshops, but um, if I get a chance, I always go to First Baptist Lindale if I'm if I'm not preaching here. So um, I've been there on a Sunday morning before, and I so appreciate your commitment to uh, expository preaching. Well, I appreciate you too, brother. You've been uh, an encouragement through the years and the workshops I've been in and leading and and helping other men grow in, in that as well. And just as a reminder for those who are listening, if they go to g3men.org, g3min.org, uh, they can find the information on the Piedmont workshop. And very soon uh, there will be uh, one there for the Lindale workshop. Then we hope to have one in Florida this year and one in Wisconsin in May. So uh, we're looking forward to those. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, Tom, thank you so much for taking some time this afternoon. We're going to wrap the episode up. Um, Jason, thanks for helping me co-host this episode. And folks, thanks for listening. That's it for today's uh, episode. Thank you again for taking your time to listen to the Asking for a Friend podcast. And we hope that it's been a blessing to you. Um, Don't forget to take a moment to like and share the podcast. Um, If you're listening to this on Podbean or through some other means, um, share that. This will be on YouTube as you'll be watching this um, live on YouTube and share that on Facebook or whatever social media you're on. We want to get this out. We're so grateful for Tom and his ministry and just the impact that he has nationally and the importance he speaks on with expository preaching. One last thing, don't forget that you can go to bbcemory.org, go to our media tab and scroll all the way to the bottom of there. And there's a pair or a box that you can submit a question that we will potentially look at to answer at a future podcast at a later date. But until next time, grace and peace be with you all.